Welcome to Freedom Talk with Pastor Robert Bennett of Freedom Church in Auburn. Are you looking for a genuine relationship with God to experience His joy and His love, eliminate doubt and fear in your life, and find your God-given purpose? Today on Freedom Talk, you'll find answers in today's message through God's Word. Now, let's join Pastor Robert. The title of the message today is The Whole Thing About Integrity. The Whole Thing About Integrity. Now, there is kind of a double meaning in the title of this message, and I'll explain it. Uh, there's a reason why I chose the title the way I did, because if you look at the word integrity, it is very much wrapped up in the word whole. The, the very definition of integrity, if you look it up, is the quality of being an honest and fair person. And also the state of being complete or whole, and that also includes with its structural integrity, you know, like when you're getting an inspection on a job site, you want to make sure that that, you know, the foundation is good and the structural integrity of a building is good, right? So there is within the word integrity, the idea of being whole, and this word integrity is one of the most important, it's not just one of the most important thing. I think it is the most important thing when it comes to your spiritual growth. Because you can study the Bible, you can pray, but if you don't have integrity, then you're not growing spiritually. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much you pray. It doesn't matter how much you read the Bible. It all comes down to having that integrity before the Lord. So we're going to get into what this whole word means. That one of the, I think the first time that integrity is mentioned is in the book of Genesis, chapter 20, verse 1, 1 through 6. You may remember this story. Abraham journeyed from there to the south and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur and stayed in Gerar. Now Abraham and Sarah, his wife, uh, Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, she's my sister. So he was lying because uh, he was afraid. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. And God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Indeed, you are a dead man because of the woman you have taken for she is a man's wife, not just any man's wife. It is, this is Abraham. This is the prophet. But Abimelech had not come near her, and he said, Lord, will you slay a righteous nation also? Did he not say to me, he is my sister? So he's, he's having a conversation with God here. And she even, she herself said, he is my brother. Now watch this. In the integrity of my heart and innocence of my hands, I have done this. And God said to him in a dream, yes, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart. For I also withheld you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now, therefore, restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet and he will pray for you and you shall live. 
But if you do not restore her, know that you will surely die, and you and all who are yours. Now, there is a thing in Bible interpretation called the law of first usage. And it's one of um, a guideline. It's you know, not something to get um, uh, crazy about, but or um, what's the word? stringent about in interpretation, but uh, it, it basically means, the, the law of first usage means that when the law or the Bible, uh, when the Bible gives a concept and you see it for the first time in the scriptures, it gives you a general guideline of what you are to expect from this concept elsewhere in scripture. It's not a legalistic guideline, that was the word I was looking for, but it's a very practical tool when you encounter an idea, you find uh, where it's first used, and then it seems to play out there uh, by the Spirit of God as you're reading through the Word of God. And the story that we just read is the, the first usage of the word integrity. And God is saying to Abimelech, look, you've been honest with me, and because you've been honest with me, I'm going to save you. And this concept of integrity goes throughout the entire Bible when, you, when you're reading it. The Hebrew word, now this is so fascinating, but the Hebrew word for integrity is spelled T-O-M, but it's uh, pronounced tom, tom, and it means complete. It appears about a, a little bit over 20 times in the Old Testament, and it's closely related to something that you might remember when you were in math class in grade school, do you remember the word integer? Integer? Integer is a whole number. And a, an integer can never, listen, can never be a fraction. A fraction. Okay. So now, the concept in the Hebrew is very much the same. It is whole, like a whole number. Uh, it is complete. It is not compromised or eroded by personal dishonesty. It is a God-ordained personal umpire of your personality and of your soul. And you're go, you go through a, a specific day and you go, go through every day we use this. And it works very closely with your conscience and works very closely with the Holy Spirit. And that umpire says, uh, your conscience is calling something here that you shouldn't get into or you shouldn't do or you need to backtrack on. And your response to your conscience is that umpire and, and, and is that integrity of heart. Over time, the Bible says that it can be silenced. The Bible says it can even, your conscience can even be seared. When I worked, um, I worked in a deli in my 20s and I can picture, you know, taking a loaf of of uh, lunch meat and putting it on the cutter, it was a whole loaf of lunch meat. But the minute you take that first slice out of that, that meat, it is no longer a whole piece, a whole loaf. And the same is true of integrity. The, the minute you start to slice away, it's no longer complete. And thank God for his grace, right? Amen. Thank God for his mercy. 
Uh, you know all the times that you've messed up. I know the times I've messed up. And, oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Amen. And he puts us back together and makes us whole again. Amen. And the same is true of having that whole heart before the Lord. You know, the insensitive responses to that prompting in your heart, to your conscience, will chip away or cut away at the completeness of your heart before the Lord. Now, if you're honest with yourself, you know the times when you've compromised and you've given in and, and, and as God restores you, you keep moving on and you keep listening to the Holy Spirit. By the way, there's a message I'm going to bring next week about listening. And that's a powerful concept in the Word of God, listening. How many, how many of us wish that we would have listened, right? Amen. <laughs> oh, pastor. Oh, pastor. Here we go. And the truth is, now this is, this is so true. Only you know where you stand in your heart with the Lord. Only you know that. You can come here on Sunday. You can come and give a big smile. You can quote Bible verses and say praise the Lord and hallelujah and not be right with the Lord. Uh, I, I got a, a good picture of this when I was a, a youth pastor of fifth and sixth grade at the Church on the Way. I was talking about something about this concept that we're talking about right now. And I was talking to the young people about the fact that you know in your heart where you're at with the Lord. And you, you know if you need to get right with him. And, and, and no one else can know that but you. You know, the, the, the road to heaven, the road, as the song says, the road to Zion is in your heart. And are you on that path? You know. You know if you are. Well, I had a girl come to me after the service, and she said, uh, Pastor Robert, can I talk to you? And I said, sure. Now, if you were to, to know this, this young lady, she loved Jesus, and she was, you know, pure as all get out and carried her Bible with her and loved Jesus and everything like that. And she came to me after that service, and she said, I need to talk to you. I said, okay, what's going on? She said, after your message, I need to tell you that in my heart, I haven't been walking with the Lord like I should. And I said, well, only, only you know that. She goes, I'm, uh, yeah, and I, I, I want to repent, and I want to get right with him. And I was, I was blown away by that because I thought, not you. I mean, I can understand this guy over here <laughs> or that, that girl over there, but not you. I mean, you're, you know, Miss Perfect and love Jesus and everything. But what a tender heart and tender conscience before the Lord that she had. To have that kind of tender response to the Lord. She knew where she was and she knew where she needed to be. And, you know, that right standing with God comes not by anything that you can do. We've talked about that before. But it comes by placing your trust in the one who did the work for you on the cross. For by grace you are, sa are saved. And we are in right standing with God because of what he did for us. Not anything that we've done. So the beauty of when you get convicted or when you blow it, the, the beauty of, of Scripture that it tells us is that 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, all unrightness, anything that is not right in our heart, 
between us and God, he is we confess as we agree, which literally that word confess means to agree with God and to vocalize that before the Lord and say, God, I am being convicted by the Holy Spirit and I want to have fellowship with you. And this thing is blocking me from having that fellowship because of my own disobedience or whatever I did. And I ask you, Lord, to forgive me. I confess that before you. And the Bible says that when we do that, when we agree with God, we confess it, that God is faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrightness or unrighteousness. So integrity says that I need to be honest with God about myself and trust Jesus to be made right with God. Every day we have choices to make in regards to this integrity issue. The same is true with Israel, God's chosen people. They had to learn to walk in the ways of the Lord and learn to walk in integrity of heart. There's something fascinating in Scripture about, you remember when they were in the wilderness and God told them, gave them the specifics about, the specifics about um, making a, a tent of meeting, a tabernacle in the wilderness. It was literally a mobile worship center, mobile worship temple. It was actually um, a, a, a good mock-up before the actual temple came. But there was something fascinating about the high priest. They wore you know, specific garments that they were, uh, got instructions from the Lord for. And on their chest was a breastplate that had 12 stones. They were unique stones, beautiful stones. And each one of those stones represented one of the tribes of Israel. Uh, there's also something on that breastplate that we kind of don't know a whole lot about, but it was called the Urim and the Thummim. The Urim and the Thummim. And we don't know exactly what uh, they, these two things were, but they were essential in guiding and leading Israel in the direction that they were supposed to go. How many of you know that when you have integrity of heart, it guides your life? It guides the direction of your life. If you don't have integrity of heart, you can get off track, and then the direction of your life gets all whacked out, and then, uh, then we're praying for you uh, because you've, you're, you're over there, and come on back, come on back, you can do this, you know. And, uh, but the Urim and the Thummim, and... I want, to, I want you to look at these two words because they are absolutely fascinating. Let's, let's put these up on the screen. There they are. Urim means lights, and thummim means perfection or completeness. So lights and perfections are the root of these words. And <clears throat> so they were guided. You know, the high priest would go into, he would go through, uh, basic stages as he moved closer and closer to the holy place. He would do things like, uh, you know, go through the initial sacrifice and then to the um, the bronze uh, laver, which is a, a cleansing, hands and feet, and then move into the holy place where there was a whole lot of instruction by the Lord given uh, to the high priest not into the Holy of Holies, that was a once-a-year thing, but in the holy place, there, um, there 
something happened when that high priest called out to the Lord. And we don't know what it was, but somehow maybe it's uh, something lit up or something uh, moved or vibrated or something that when they would ask of the Lord specific questions, the Urim and the Thummim would do something to let them know a yes or a no. And now, now we're going to take it a little bit deeper here because there's something that I want you to see in these, in these words. And that is that if you look at that word, uh, thummim, uh, hang on just a second. Let me find it here in my notes. Uh, there it is. So thummim is a plural of the word that's translated consistently in the Old Testament for tome, which means integrity. So the, the um, thummim is plural and tome is the singular. So, so Israel was led by light and by integrity. Here's the point. If you stay in integrity and honesty before the Lord, in the way you think, in your heart, your thought life, your obedience to the Lord, if you stay in that integrity and honesty before yourself, before the Lord, and before the Lord, it will guide the direction of your life and bless your life. Now, in the New Testament, isn't that, one, isn't that a wonderful uh, when, you, when you see that? Uh, they were guided by the Holy Spirit. They were guided by integrity. Then if you look at uh, the New Testament, we have kind of a similar picture here in Ephesians 6, 13. You know the whole armor of God. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with what? Truth. Having put on the breastplate of, here it is, what's over your heart? Righteousness. Right standing with God. And that will guide and guard your heart and guide your life. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That means be an outreach person. Share the good news wherever you go. Take that shield of faith, which will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take the helmet of salvation, your thought life, and a, and a, a life of uh, the reality that you are saved, the declaration that I am saved, I am saved in this world. And the Sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We've got some nice armor and stuff to work with, right, uh, when it comes to spiritual things. So that breastplate of righteousness, guarding your heart by remaining in right standing with God through Jesus Christ. You know, when someone tells a, a bad joke at work, do you laugh with it or does it... Uh, does it bother you and grieve you inside and you kind of just step back and remove yourself or you, you're not laughing or you go, or you even say something, hey, you know, that was a little bit too much, you know. Uh, you still love the person and you're not being, you know, Mr. Prophet, thus saith the Lord, that was <laughs> evil, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then the rest of your time at work, you're shunned as being a quack. Um, no, no, have some um, wisdom in the way that you go about your, your testimony. You don't have to be prudish and, and um, like you're above it all. I mean, remember where you came from, right? Amen. 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 Just to go, oh, man, I remember. I remember I used to joke like, oh, man, that's not good. Don't do that, man. That's just not good. Give your life to Jesus. Come to church with me, okay? All right. 
Um, <laughs> um, how about things like your thoughts? You know, the thoughts that we think. You know, take inventory. Man, is this really sh- what I should be thinking about? Is this integrous before the Lord? Or, you know, every thought that comes in, are we choosing to reject the bad thoughts uh, uh, and accept the Holy Spirit, Bible, truth, good thoughts? Um, you know, we have that ability to choose. You know, maybe when you were before Jesus, you didn't have so much that ability to choose. You know, it just was, you were just lost in the world and it just came natural, right? And then when you get born again, though, that's when the Holy Spirit comes in and just messes up your sin life. You know, it's just horrible. You don't like to sin anymore. It grieves you and you're all messed up and God just wants to, to fix all of that and change your thinking. And change your heart and change things like that. So uh, what about the words that we use? That's a big one, right? You know, like things you say and, oh, man, I need to. You may even be in a conversation and need to backtrack on something. Hey, you know, stop, stop, stop. I need I'm I'm not in the right frame of mind right now. Uh, You know, forgive me. Just just scratch that out that I shouldn't even said that. You know, what I should say is you're a blessing. And uh, you know what? God has his best for you, and, and I'm blessed, and let's, let's pray, you know? Uh, don't, don't give in to, to foul language. Uh, it just d- dissolves your integrity. It just, just brings you to a place in your life where you go, man, I don't even like, I mean, I don't even like myself anymore because of the trash I've been saying, you know, or putting people down or, you know. A lot of, most of the time, people are when they're putting somebody down, it's because of their own insecurity, and they're trying to build themselves up, but it's the wrong way to do it. You need to get your affirmation from the Lord, right? And, and get built up. Then you can encourage people, no matter what they say to you. Oh, man, hey, God bless you anyways. Hey, I just want to encourage you. Yeah, I know you said that, but I just want to encourage you anyways, right? There's other issues of the heart that are, are personal. I'll give you one that's personal to me. Um. The subject of drinking, um, I I have never had um, I've never had uh, beer or wine or anything, with the exception of uh, some sips that uh, I would get as a kid from adults. Uh, but uh, I never drank growing up because uh, I watched the damaging effects that it had on my uncle, uh, different family members. And I just was afraid of it. I thought, I'm, I'm just never going to do that because of my own conviction. And you may have your own conviction about uh, drinking, and that's fine. I think where I would draw a line for our church is leadership, because I think there's a pretty clear uh, cut message about leaders and drinking. Uh, but there's a whole integrity thing there. And, and the Lord dealt with me on this on, in a ministry way. Back uh, when I was a children's pastor, uh, I, I was put in a very interesting situation. One of the, the kids, a sixth grader, uh, looked to me uh, like a dad. And so we, I take him out to lunch and different things like that. Well, uh, one day his family was Jew- his Jewish and his grandmother was complete, uh, Jew- completely Jewish, uh, national and everything. And they asked me to go to a Passover Seder at their house. And I said, sure. I, I mean, I love the Jewish culture. I love everything about the Jewish people. 
God's ancient chosen people. And I said, sure, I would love to, to go to that with you. So I went with him, and we got into a circle, and I think it was the first time I'd ever gone through that. And she did, the grandmother did something very interesting. She took a cup of wine, and she said, I'm going to, uh, I want, I'm going to pass this around. And I, I thought, oh, no. Because I was telling the kids, you know, studies show that one out of seven people who take that first sip become an alcoholic. So I said, kids, don't even try it. Don't even get into that. I mean, you don't want to mess up. You don't be that, that one in the roulette that, you know, that way it just destroys your life. I've never heard anything good really coming out of, a whole lot of good coming out of it anyways. Uh, I have yet to have a testimony of somebody, hey, you know what? I started drinking and it was, you know, uh, it just changed my life for the Lord. I've never had that in the 30 years that I've been doing this. Uh, but if you want to, to try it, you know, give me, give me a try. But um, I thought, oh, no, this thing is coming around. And I've told him, I've told the kids, told the young people, don't, don't even take the first. And here I am going to, I'm being pressured. I can feel it. I thought, I have no idea what to do. I want to honor the Jewish people. I don't want to, you know, be a prude and everything like that. And, and I just didn't know what to do, you know. I probably should have shot up one of those instant prayers. God, what do I do? I don't think that. I think it just happened so fast. It, didn't, I, it just, oh, no. And so I, but I'm actually glad it happened because I took my pinky, I dipped it into the wine, and she wanted you to touch your tongue with the wine. And I did that. I touched my, my tongue with the wine, and I felt the Holy Spirit back away from me. Whoa. And he said, that is not for you, my son. I, it was as clear as day. And I said, oh, that's you. Forgive me. I was saying this in my heart. And I said, Lord, just cover this situation because you know my heart. You know, Abimelech, you know, you know my heart, Lord. And uh, he said, just, that's not for you. That's not for you, my son. My response in those moments, I believe, had everything to do with my future as a pastor. I really believe that. And, and now, uh, I, I, I'm very careful about, because we have such a, a ministry to, in the area that we live, of, of people who are dealing with uh, recovery and things like that. I had no idea I'd be called to a church where we would be helping uh, so many people uh, get free in their addiction, specifically of alcohol. And... I'm very careful with that because I'll give you an example. Um, about four or five years ago, it was Thanksgiving time, and I don't cook. But the text message was going around. I mean, I'm, I'm happy if I get a hot dog going in the microwave. But uh, there was a text, a group text in our family going around. Hey, what are you going to bring for Thanksgiving? Oh, I can bring this. And I wanted to be included in this. I wanted to bring something to Thanksgiving. So I said, hey, I'll bring all of the Martinelli's. I'm going to go all out. I'm going to get all kinds of different flavors and stuff like that. And they're all great, great. So I went to Target, and I got my cart out, and I'm loading up the cart with Martinelli's. You know, it's like, you know, 14, 15. I don't know. It looked, looked like a lot. And I started walking away from loading all that, and the Holy Spirit said, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I thought, <gasps> Because if someone sees me with a cart full of what looks like wine bottles, they may go, what is pastor doing on the side over here, you know? 
And I thought, oh, my goodness. So I beelined it for the checkout. I went and put them in. Yes, I'll take three, three bags, four bags. I was bagging them up, tying, tying it off, put them in the thing. And then I'm walking out. I said, thank you, Lord. I don't think anybody saw me, you know. But I just don't want people to get the wrong impression. Anyways, I'm walking out in the parking lot. And sure enough, one of our recovery ladies who's just getting free walks right by me. And I said, oh, my goodness. Hi. How are you? Oh, good. How are you? We exchanged. And I was like, I'm looking down. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because I never want to give that impression that somebody might question my integrity. Integrity, right? And so it has to do also with the appearance of things, how, you know, someone might stumble because of something in leadership that you're doing. And so, so the conviction and then the response. There's things that the Holy Spirit has told me, maybe he's told you specific things for your life that he didn't want you to be involved in or do. And then there's, you know, more obvious things. I've mentioned a couple of them. You know, there's things like lying. What about cheating? You know, cheating on or cutting corners somewhere, cheating on your taxes or, or putting down wrong information because it'll give you a better, better uh, benefit somewhere, you know. And if we walk in integrity with the Lord, he will bless that choice. Even though, you know, I, we've talked about that before. If, even if it may, you may have loss, but you make that right decision and God will bless more than you could ever imagine. He will bless you. Amen. Amen. What we're talking about today is not being self-righteous uh, because... God is convicting us. We respond to that conviction. But it's not ab- about going around and saying that, you know, spiritually you're superior and you're better than everyone else because of the way that you're walking in so much integrity that you must just get, a, get the vibe and just, <laughs> just so wonderful and so holy, you know. I mean, we don't do that. We don't look down on people. Uh, oh, he's, you know, and, and Jesus confronted that with the, the Pharisees. Uh, Lord, I thank you so much that I'm not like this sinner over here. Oh, look how horrible. He's just horrible. He's just decrepit and doesn't look at this. And Jesus said that person who was beating his chest going, oh, God, I am such a sinner. He said that man went home justified and the other guy did not. So you, you put two and two together with that one. What we do in integrity, think about it, also impacts spiritually the people around us. They may not know everything, but listen, if you are a person who spends their time on their knees in prayer and gets filled with the Holy Spirit, and you're living in integrity, and you're staying in the Word, and you're honest with yourself before God, you're walking in His ways, it will have a spiritual impact on the people around you. And the same is true of giving in to sin and not being integrous in your heart. That will be transmitted potentially to other people as well, especially if you're leading somebody or leading children or things like that. That's a very convicting thing. But the, the beauty of Scripture, if you look at 1 John 1, 7, is it says if we walk in the light, remember lights and perfections, lights and perfections, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, 
and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So we have that fellowship with each other because we're walking in the light. It's very difficult. We love on everyone who comes through our doors, and we want them to grow in the Lord. But if they're defiant in their behavior and their lifestyle, and they say, hey, you know what, we're just going to live this way, or I'm just going to live this way anyway, um, there'll come a point as we're all walking in the light where they'll say, I, I, I'm not going to hang out with you guys anymore. Because I, I just can't. I can't do that. You know, And we've watched that. We've watched that happen. You either change in your heart and start walking in the light with everyone else and be honest about yourself and honest with one another about your life and your sin and everything else to the right people, or you reject it and you move away from it, and then all of a sudden you're not in fellowship anymore. And we don't want that to happen. We, uh, and when that happens, we go out, we say, hey, we start praying for people. So walk in the light. Walk in the light. Integrity is a wholeness of heart before God. Let me say that again. Integrity is a wholeness of heart before God. And that is the whole thing about integrity. I love the scripture, and I'll close with this. Psalm 139, verse 23 through 24. And maybe we can pray through this right now. But it says this. David says, search me, O God. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's one thing about David. He walked in integrity of heart, even though he blew it. He always was honest with himself and honest with God, especially when he was confronted by a prophet. And it was really clear. He knew he had a heart after God's own heart. So could we all stand and let's just make this our prayer. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Know my heart, Lord. Come in and know me. Remember Jesus said, there's people doing all kinds of miracles and they're doing all these wonderful things, but they've never allowed me to come in and search them and know them. And so he says, try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me. That means... That, Lord, I don't know. There may be something wicked in me that I don't know. But would you please reveal that to me? And as you're doing that, and as I'm responding to you and getting right with you, would you please, in that integrity of heart, lead me in your ways? In Jesus' name. Let's just take a minute and just cry out to the Lord. Call out to God. God, we thank you for searching our hearts. Come in and know me, Lord God. Know my ways. God, I pray that you would search every area of my heart and life. I want to be right with you. I want to be humble before you. I want to respond to my conscience. I want to respond in the right way to your Holy Spirit and your Holy Spirit's promptings. Just make that your prayer. Just, just make it personal, however you want to do it, Lord. God, we just thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Make us right with you through the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord, for a week of victory. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We confess our sins. You are faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and we walk in the light as you are in the light. And we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Thank you, Lord. We receive your light. We receive your guidance. We receive your wholeness and your completeness as you are whole and holy. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Amen. With uh, everyone's eyes closed, if you're here today and you've never opened your heart to Jesus, that's your first step in getting right with God. He died on the cross. He rose again. He did it all for you. He loves you, and he wants to come into your heart. He wants to come into your life. If that's you and you've never made that decision before and you'd like to make that decision today, just look up at me, or if you're watching online, just let us know or send us an email. Let us know that you're making this decision today. But let's all pray this out loud. Father God, I accept Jesus, your only son, who died on the cross for my sin. He took my place. And on the third day, he rose from the grave. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my Savior, be my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You pray that prayer. We believe that you got born again, and um, we want to help you any way that we can get your life started with, with God through Jesus Christ. So as we go from this place, would you all hold out your hands in front of you? Have you been blessed today? Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us today on Freedom Talk with Pastor Robert Bennett of Freedom Church in Auburn. Freedom Talk is all about equipping you to walk in God's freedom every day. With a focus on outreach, Freedom Church loves to be part of what God is doing all over the world, both locally and globally. You can join Freedom Church for services Sundays at 10 a.m. at 4065 Grass Valley Highway in Auburn. We'd love to meet you, pray with you, have you visit as a guest, or you can join online at freedom-church.tv. If you've enjoyed this message, we'd love to hear from you. To ask for prayer or say hello, visit our website and click on Connect Card at freedom-church.tv. Join us next week at this time as we continue our journey of freedom in God's Word on Freedom Talk.